Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. invite you to the book of Daniel today the book of Daniel chapter number five Daniel five I love the book of Daniel at least the parts I can understand amen I'm still working through some of these things about all the different beings and Images and visions and everything like that, but this story I, 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 I understand. Daniel chapter 5 and verse number 1. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives, and concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. And in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against the other. My my message title tonight is simply this, The Tale of the Terrible Toast the tale of the terrible toast. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, God, for this this evening service. We thank you, Lord, uh, that you are here. We so appreciate your presence. Lord, and bless our guests that are here tonight. I pray that they would be ministered to in a special way. Lord, and to those, oh God, that have joined us online as well, bless each and every one. Let us, O oh God, feel your presence in the word tonight and let it go forward and do the work in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. 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 The tale of the terrible toast. God bless you. You can be seated. How many of you have ever been around where a wedding and, and the best man is supposed to give the toast? And it stunk. It was bad. Anybody ever been to one of those? Um, I have. One you would just want to say, uh, if you're the best man, man, I hate to see the second man. That's rough. There's some bad things that come out of some of those toasts. Some good things as well. 
Before we get further into our message today, I want to talk about the background behind the story. The children of Israel, the people of God, were set apart to be his peculiar and special people. God made it abundantly clear. Rebellion and disobedience to his covenant would have consequences. Somebody say disobedience has consequences. God declared that if his people brought abominations among them, if they worship and serve idol gods, if they desecrated what he consecrated, then his people would be opening themselves to consequences that had curses with it. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy chapter 28 provides for us a list of the blessings for the obedient, but it also reveals a list of the curses for the disobedient. For he said, cursed in the city and in the fields, their basket and their stores, cursed in the fruit of their bodies, in their lands, their flocks and their sheep. And the Lord said he would send them cursing and vexation and rebuke in all that settest thine hand unto, uh, to do. Though God had, had given them great promises. God had given them great promises, but he also promised them this. If you go after idol gods, if you go after other gods, then you will have this promise. You will become captive people. You will become captive people. The sad tragedy is that Israel repeatedly abused the long-suffering of God. They spurned his commandments and his covenant. Ultimately, they would become captive people because of their glaring disobedience. Amen. I want you to know that it's important that I do not mistake and that we do not mistake the long-suffering of God for the approval of God. Just because he has not judged us now and we are walking in disobedience doesn't mean that he will never judge us. We find that Judah finally came to the point when their practice of, of, of idolatry provided the enemy access into their world and into their worship. For we see Daniel, the book of Daniel opening up in the very first verse of chapter 1. It says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. And notice this, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. That was a sad verse. Not only is the people of God being taken captive, but the vessels of God are being taken captive. Not too long later, we find a new king is now over uh, Israel, over Judah and in Jerusalem. And Nebuchadnezzar shows up again the second time in 2 Kings 24 and 13. And he, speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut it in pieces the vessels of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord as the Lord had said. It would seem that Nebuchadnezzar placed these vessels in, first of all, the, the, the house of his God as if you begin to study and look through the book of Daniel for the first four chapters, it would seem that these vessels are in storage. But when we come to Daniel chapter 5, you will find that it opens with a drunken party. From chapter 4, the ending of chapter 4 to the beginning of chapter 5 is 30 years. 
about 30 years. And in those 30 years, four different kings sat upon the throne, amen, at moments in time. And Belshazzar, the Bible calls him Nebuchadnezzar's son, was actually his grandson. As the Bible would say, someone is the son of Abraham doesn't necessarily mean that it is his begotten only son, but rather it could be a grandson or in the lineage of it. So Belshazzar is 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 Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar's grandson and Nebuchadnezzar had passed away 23 years from this and so now his grandson is sitting on the throne of Babylon. They have got the most beautiful place you could ever want to live. You have a secured city that, that, that has walls that are incredibly thick. Matter of fact, there are two sets of walls to help protect them and a river that runs right through the town of Babylon so they're going to have water all the time and, and history tells us that they had storehouses of food so that if anybody would attack they were okay. At this moment History declares that the Medes and the Persians had gathered closely to attack Babylon. As, as, as they're coming closer, you would think that Belshazzar would have a strategy meeting and that he's going to get with his generals and, and he's going to get with his uh, 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 captains and he's going to provide for them a way to protect their city. But instead, Nebuchadnezzar throws a party. He's thinking, no doubt, our city cannot be conquered. Our city cannot be overcome. We've got all the food that we need. We've got a river and we've got walls that surround us uh, double thick and so we're going to be okay. I'm not worried. It could have been the title of the party. Everything's going to be just fine. Daniel 5 and 1 says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. This is no little bitty quiet group party gathering this is a a big party a grand party thousands have come royals have gathered the elite the high society types are all there but they find that the greek several greek historians have stated that the king made this great feast and this party on the very night that babylon was overran by the medes and the persians october 12 539 bc it was recorded so on october 12 539 bc they're having a party and they're drinking and he's getting drunk matter of fact when the first first says that he Made a first that he made a feast and drank wine before thousands. The phrase drank wine means that he was getting loaded. Loaded. And while he's there, he's excited and he's filling his oats and, and he got to gets to remembering his grandfather telling him about the, the treasures and the vessels from Jerusalem. And Belshazzar, while he's tasting the wine, commanded to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple that was in Jerusalem. And there he brought it, and so they went and they got the vessels. Amen, I didn't have a gold one, didn't have a silver one, but I got one that looked pretty cool. Matter of fact, David hunt this down in some, somewhere in our, our cabinet back here. So they went and asked for them to get the gold and, and the silver goblets. How many of you remember in our teaching on the tabernacle what gold refers to? Deity. 
Silver refers to atonement. So they're going to bring in what was supposed to be set aside and consecrated as holy. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 10 that Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. This little goblet, this little thing that they were using to, to perform worship had been anointed, had been set apart, had been sanctified and he sprinkled upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all his vessels, both the labor and his foot to sanctify them and he poured of the anointing all upon Aaron's beard and anointed him to sanctify him. Amen. Everything got anointed. Everyone got anointed. If you were going to be part of the worship, if you're going to be part of the temple process, then what you were and what that object used to be, it would no longer be that common anymore. It was going to be sanctified, set apart, anointed. Amen. For anointed is what is referred to as the anointed one. Messiah, the Christ, the anointing is so that we can perform before Christ worship and praise and adoration and activity and living a life that is anointed before him. Yeah. We find that in the dedication of Solomon's temple, it is said in first or second Chronicles chapter seven and verse 16, for now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. The Lord said, I've chosen. I've chosen it and I've sanctified it. I've elected it. I picked it. I hand-selected it. I made it acceptable. I appointed it for its purpose. And then he consecrated. That word, Kedish, means to sanctify, prepare, dedicate, to be hallowed, to be holy, to show oneself sacred or majestic, to be honored, to be set apart. So when we have the vessels of God being anointed, and sanctified he is saying I'm taking this common vessel and I'm putting my anointing on it and it will immediately become uncommon when I put my anointing on it it will immediately become something sacred it will become something special it will be meant for a special purpose it will be meant for a special thing to me it's going to be pronounced clean when God specified that the certain vessel was set apart and consecrated he took what would, would be a vessel that no one would want and he would clean it up and he would say you are now anointed for purpose you are pronounced holy you are declared to be holy you are set a, set aside to be exclusively used for my purpose reserved sanctified only for one thing for the purpose of the Lord and so Belshazzar has the audacity to go and get that which has been described as holy set apart sanctified and they poured his old nasty wine, unholy wine, into the vessels. And then he took his nasty lips full of doubt and fear and unbelief and worship of idols. And to that goblet he began to drink. He began to drink. But before he did that, something that they did stood out is that they began to praise and to laud the gods of gold 
and silver and the gods of wood and iron. So what were they doing? They were toasting to the gods of gold and silver. They were taking what God had meant to be set aside for holy and for righteous and for a select purpose. And they poured unrighteous wine into it and then began to toast their own gods. One of the saddest, saddest scriptures is to think that the things that God had set aside as holy had been toasted to something that, that was so unholy and so despicable. If you wonder why God showed up writing on the side of the wall, it's because he said, enough, enough of this, enough of this. You've taken it too far. Amen. A toast is a ritual which a drink is taken as an expression of honor and goodwill. The term may be applied to a person or thing so that it is honor and drunken to. And we say, here's to you. Here's to you, God of gold. Here's to you, God of silver. Here's to you, God of sports. Here's to you, God of money. Here's to you, God of fame. Here's to you, God of, 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 of living my life how I want to. Here's to you, God, I, I'll be what I want to be. Don't nobody is ever going to tell me what I'm going to be. Amen. But I want to tell you, you listen to me closely tonight. If you have ever come to the Lord and you have ever laid before him your heart and said, I'm going to live for the Lord. If you have ever taken on his name in baptism, if you have ever been filled with his spirit, then I want to tell you, he said, I declare you to be holy. I declare to you to be sanctified. I declare to you to be more than something that's common. Who you are and what you are is not common anymore. Let's bring it over to the New Testament. We find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Say it with me. The Lord knows who are his. He knows me. He knows me by name. He knows me because when I was seven years old, he started dealing with my life, filled me with his Holy Spirit. Amen. And all of a sudden, this little knotty-headed, seven-year-old, blonde-haired boy didn't know much about anything other than what I learned from Sunday school and learned from my mom and dad. But that night, Brother Patrick, I was set apart. That night, I took in something in me that made me different from anybody else. It made me different in my life. Yes, there's been times that I have not done what I should have done, but there's also been times I've been renewed in the power and the presence of God. At 14 years old, he renewed me and called me to preach. Oh, why? He said that you are set apart. You're different. You're unique. Yeah, I got called preacher. I got called little preacher. I got called preacher Tim. I got called all kinds of things at school. I've been told, you're that holy person. You're that holy roller. Amen. I've been called all, all kinds of things. But that doesn't matter because I've come to realize I want him to call me set apart. I want him to call me exclusive. I want him to call me holy. He knows those that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, 
but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, sanctified, set apart, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. What are you saying here, Paul? He's telling us, I've got a choice. What kind of vessel I'm going to be. I've got a choice where I'm going to go in my life. Amen. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life letting your goblet be put in the hand of a pagan king. Letting your goblet be put into the hand of a pagan king and toasted to a God, a God of education, a God of fornication, a God of adultery, a God of I want my own way with all the time you were designed to be a holy vessel of honor. In the New Testament and all the Old Testament as well, but in the New Testament, there's a way that God talks about vessels as being set apart. He calls us his people Saints, saints, they're not just a few and they're not just a few in one place. You study, did a quick search. It speaks about saints at Jerusalem, saints that dwell in Lydia, saints at Rome, saints according to the will of God, churches of the saints, ministry of the saints, to the saints in Christ Jesus that are in Philippi, to the saints that are at the household of Caesar, you're telling me that there's somebody toasting the king of kings and the Lord of lords with their life in the household of Caesar? Yes, sirree. Amen. I want to ask you tonight, let me just stop here and ask you the question, who is your life being toasted to? Who in your life is the goblet of your life being lifted up to? Are you being lifted up to flesh? Are you being lifted up to the things of the flesh? Or are you being lifted up to the king of kings? And here him say this is one of my saints I don't go and I don't do amen what I want to do because I've been declared to be set apart holy there were saints in Colossia saints at Caesar's house saints in Italy saints pray and saints have a king according to Revelation in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, Paul writes unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints. With all in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Saints, holy ones, chosen, select, sacred, separated from, for something that is not common, designated for a purpose that is holy and sacred, marked as holy. How many of you know who Larry Carter is? Brother Larry Carter is a fantastic guitar player. By the way, go to iTunes, get his latest, uh, if, if you like his stuff. He is a good guitar player. But Larry Carter, come out of a church in Missouri, Actually, come out of the same church as 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 the shepherds did, but he come he knew the Lord, lived for God, loved God, but somewhere he lost his way, and he took his vessel and his guitar, 
and begin to play in bars and begin to play with the worldly bands, begin to play his, he could still hit his licks. He could still play his tunes. Some of us, because God doesn't come down and knock us in the head when we've done something that stupid, we wonder, well, I guess it's all right. Don't mistake the long-suffering of God for the acceptance and approval of God. Okay? But one night, Brother Larry Carter was playing in a smoke field, beer-stained, smelling, just, just jute joint, we'd call him, and he was there playing. And he said that while he was playing a song, he felt, literally felt arms wrap around him. And he heard a voice speak to him and said, I still love you. What are you doing here? I still love you. What are you doing here? What's your vessel being toasted to? Amen. I meant for you to be used in my kingdom to take what talent you have and use it for the glory of God. What are you doing here? Amen. What you being toasted to tonight? Amen. I want to ask you today, young person, what is your life being toasted to? What are you raising your soul to? And say, that's what I want. I'll pursue it. One time I had a person in my office that said, I want to just live and enjoy life while I can. My response is, what are you going to do when you die? What will you do when you die? Because we're all appointed for that destiny. But today, I don't want to be toasting my life to things that are not for the kingdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. To the saints that are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be unto you, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And then listen to this. According as he hath chosen us, hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world to be what? To be holy, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God handpicked you for a purpose before you ever got your first breath, before you were ever a gleam in your mom and daddy's eye. God picked you, God chose you, and he said, I'm calling you to holiness. I'm calling you to righteousness. Why? Because there's a toast you've got to make. There's a purpose in your life. Belshazzar took that which was holy, set apart, sanctified, poured in poisonous wine because it was offered to their idol gods. And he drank from it, taking that which was supposed to be holy and set apart to the point that it drove God to write judgment on the wall. What's that? Meany, mean. Yes, sir. You said it very well. What does it mean? You've been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting. 
Run if you want to. Toast if you want to. To this world and to all that it has. But I want to tell you, there will come a reckoning day when the Lord said, I made you to be a different vessel. I had chosen you to be a different vessel. I already called you that. I prepared it for you. Now, what are you doing with it? What have you done with it? Stand with me, please. If somebody on the sound of my voice tonight needs to make sure that they're toasting to the right thing in their life. That means give honor and praise to. Here's to you, my God. Here's to you, my King. I worship you. I lift up the goblet of my life and what you have done for me. Lord, here's to you. I am the proud owner of Brother Jack Kelly's guitar. I have it at my house right now. I treasure that guitar. It's a, it's a very priceless guitar to me. But God forbid I'd go take that guitar and play at the tavern down the street. I don't know who, who, who had it before him or if he bought it brand new. I, I don't know. But I do know this. When Brother Jack got a hold of that guitar, it changed the whole destiny of that guitar. Why? Because he was a man of God. Separate. How many of you take your cars and anoint them when you buy them? Pray over them. Amen. God, this belongs to you. God, this belongs to you. How many of you taken your children to an altar? Amen. And dedicated them to the Lord and say, God, this belongs to you. You need to remind them, listen, I made you, amen, a vessel of the Lord before you ever understood. And your destiny lies in his pronouncement and his declaration. But, 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 but Brother Gill, I really, I'm really messed up. I really am not doing very well. The thing about our Lord is that he is long-suffering, that he is merciful. Amen. Tonight would be a great night to just simply say, I'm back on track. I'm pulling my mug. I'm pulling my vessel. I'm pulling my, my allegiance to the things of this world, and I'm going to say yes to God. I'm saying yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. How about it tonight? Amen. Is the Lord dealing with you? Why don't you step out to the altar? Come on. Do as Brother Blaine did tonight. Amen. Come to the altar and begin to seek the Lord and say, I want you, Lord. I put you first. I lift my goblet to you. I toast to you. Not to my flesh. Not to my ways. Not to my purpose. But Lord, to you today. Hallelujah. Here's to you, Lord. Oh. I want to walk in your holiness. I want to walk into your purpose. Not mine, Lord. Not my will, Lord Jesus. I'm not common. I am not average. I am not mediocre. But I've been called and set apart because I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.